Hi, this is Jody Millman, and this is Backstage with the Bardavon. Our podcast will draw back the curtain and bring you backstage at the Bardavon 1869 Opera House that is located in Poughkeepsie, New York. For more than 150 years, notables such as Mark Twain, Frank Sinatra, James Earl Jones, Mary Tyler Moore, Santana, Aretha Franklin, and John Legend have graced its stage. In these days of COVID-19, our podcast has reached out to residents of the Hudson Valley who have been instrumental in the development of our unique music scene. Joining us today is John Barry, freelance writer and former music and arts writer for the Poughkeepsie Journal. During his time at the Poughkeepsie Journal, John has covered everything from Woodstock 40 to David Byrne to the recent COVID pandemic and its effect on the music scene and the bar divide. We're excited to have John Barry here with us today. John, welcome to Backstage with the Bardavon. John, good morning. How are you? Good morning. I'm doing pretty good. Happy New Year. A Happy New Year to you, and thanks for having me. Oh, well, we're excited to talk to you. Um, you have quite an illustrious uh, history with the Bardavon Theater. Um, and just so everybody knows, John is the former music and arts writer for the Poughkeepsie Journal, USA Today Network, and was has been a staff writer for the Poughkeepsie Journal from June 2002 to December 2020. That's quite a legacy, John. Thank, thank you. I'm very proud of it. I really am. Good for you. So um, I'm assuming that right now you're doing some freelance writing. We've we got a I, uh, I'm My head just stopped spinning. I uh, departed from the journal uh, retirement, you could call it, uh, December 1st. Um, and after 25 years with the same company, uh, my head was spinning pretty hard after I left, and then the ho- I got married on December nineteenth, which was a wonderful congratulations. Event. Uh, so ended with the journal on December first, married on December nineteenth, and then the holidays were here. So my head has been spinning, and um, I'm just about to get my uh, or just getting my sea legs after um, you know having a career with Gannett and the USA Today Network and the Poughkeepsie Journal that I'm very proud of and. Uh, just loved and loved working in Poughkeepsie and the Hudson Valley. So I'm, I'm kind of gearing up for the next chapter and uh, freelance uh, writing is certainly going to be a part of that. And, you know, I live in Kingston. I've lived in Ulster County since 1990. I'm not going anywhere. Uh, I love the <laughs> Hudson Valley. I love, I, I, since I've left the journal, I've literally just taken rides over to Poughkeepsie and, uh, you know, uh, you're just, addicted. I just love love that community. You just came over to see your name on the marquee over at the Bardavon. That's what you came over to see. That's quite and an I, honor. Well, <laughs> That's quite an honor. And they put it up at UPAC. Too. Yeah, how about that? That is so cool. You know, I tried to get pictures of that. So if you, I'm sure you have photographs. If you could email those to me, we'll be glad to put those on our website and on our social media. Nothing would make me happier, and uh, I somebody um, emailed that to me or messaged it to me, the UPAC one, and I nearly fell off my chair. <laughs> and I'm, you know, that was weeks ago, and I'm still just speechless and overwhelmed, and filled with gratitude, and uh, you know, uh, until my dying days, I will never be able to say thank you loud enough to Chris Silva and Steve Lamarca and Donna and Isla and the whole team at the Bardavon uh, and UPAC. I mean, 
good gravy to see your to, to literally see your name in lights. Really it was dumbfounding. So let's talk about your relationship with the Bardavan. I was going to ask you your top ten shows. What do you think? I actually did a little. Uh, I took a little stroll down memory lane. Great. In advance of our discussion here. So, and I got to tell you, it was really a wonderful and fun thing that really. I think the best way to describe it is it warmed my heart to, to go back down that rabbit hole. And I'll also say, I do not know where to start. Okay. Um, I think one of my fondest memories, Bob Weir, the Grateful Dead, brought his band Rat Dog to the Bardavan. Uh, I think I would have to say the early 2000s, maybe 03. I don't know. It was the early 2000s. We did a big uh, cover in what was then called the Enjoy Weekend section. It was like our weekend magazine. I got an interview with Bob. We plastered his photo on the cover of the Enjoy section. I did all this Photoshop treatment to it, and I was able to hand that to him backstage at the Bardavan during a pre-show meet and greet. And he the, the grin on his face, <laughs> he, he genuinely loved it and that was extremely gratifying and then to top it off uh i mean i saw the grateful dead 200 times i've seen bob weir dozens and dozens of times that was one of the best bob weir performances that night and i think the hudson valley deadhead community agrees with me everyone i know who was there it was a stellar performance david crosby i've seen twice at the mm. bardavon the first time i got to meet him backstage uh, which was really, uh, you know, I've been a lifelong fan. Uh, that was incredible. I saw David Byrne at the Bardavon uh, years ago. Yes. Not the show he did recently, but I saw him years ago, which was amazing. Okay, was and it David it sh- Byrne or was it David Byrne with uh, the Talking Heads? No, I'm, I'm, if I'm not mistaken, the Talking Heads did play the Bardavon of few decades ago but this was david byrne okay. you know he's always got a new thing he's yes. always got a new band i think he might have even had a string section with him and i'll never forget yes. he ran laps around the band on the stage during one song that was great and then the show he did at upac uh a couple of years ago i think it's his american utopia tour um was just i would say every concert I've ever been to in my life since seeing Billy Joel, my first concert in 1984 at Madison Square Garden. My top three was David Byrne at UPAC. Just incredible. I mean, Rufus Wainwright with OK Go opening, uh, Yo-Yo Ma at UPAC, Mickey Hart of the Grateful Dead, Sinead O'Connor. Uh, I did an interview with Sinead O'Connor in advance of her Bardavon show. And uh, it was this big deal because she was in Ireland and we had to get this special phone hookup. And I finally get her on the phone and we're talking about her music. And, you know, I, you know, listened to her since forever. And, uh, and I said, so what do you think about Irish America? You know, I'm Irish American. My grandparents, they came over from Ireland. And she says, uh, well, you're all cops. All the Irish are cops over there in America. <laughs> And I said, oh, like my dad, who served in the NYPD for 33 years and retired as a captain. And I got silence. And I, I'm thinking I might be the only journalist who left Sinead O'Connor speechless. It was all fine. It was all good. It was yeah. a very friendly conversation. But I definitely heard silence coming from Ireland on the other end of the phone. 
Um, yeah, and you know, for some reason, I didn't make this. It was, I think, it was not long after I started at the Journal. But let's not forget that Al Pacino and Marissa Tomei played there. I mean, Frank Sinatra, John Philip Sousa. We the list goes on and on, and I think it's it's one of the reasons why the Bardavan leaves such a big impact on the community, whether, you know, obviously we're in the middle of a pandemic right now. Um, but, you know, put that aside for a second, the history, the economy. I mean, one of my favorite things to do when I was at the journal was about two o'clock, I would just take a stroll around Poughkeepsie to clear my head, see some of the characters, uh, soak in some of the architecture, and you walk down Market Street and there's that marquee that towers above everything. And it just speaks volumes on so many levels of what that institution, that nonprofit arts institution means to this community, means to the state, to the country. It's, you know, we all love great shows and we love going to see our favorite bands. But one thing I tried to drive home in my coverage when I was with the journal is that, hey, the Bardavan employs a lot of people. They spend a lot of money. They have a, I think, a $3.6 million annual budget. You know, David Crosby comes in, you got to feed the guy. Okay, we're going to pay a restaurant or a deli to prepare his dinner. Okay, those are jobs. That's, that's money going into the economy. And um, one calculation I did using a calculator for the Ameri from the Americans for the Arts, which is a DC organization, if I'm not mistaken, it said that Bardavon generated, this is going back years, more than $11 million annually. You know, th and this is a place known for uh, the arts and putting on shows and, and hosting school children and the Hudson Valley Philharmonic. But it's so important, especially right now when the economy is in a tailspin and we have this global health crisis. You know, the Bardavon represents so much. And I think at the top of that is the economic impact. And you know, I think we can certainly agree that the Hudson Valley and Dutchess County and New York State would be a very different and a much uh, sadder place without a Bardavon. Well, you know, one of the the things that you just brought up was was not only the the impact of the Bardavon, but on the lives of the musicians themselves. I mean, I've spoken to John Hall and I've spoken to um, Danny Lewis and a lot of these artists who play the Bardavon now have no place to play. I mean, they're virtually, they're playing virtually. So, I mean, that's a, that's a big impact, not only on the economy, but I mean, it kind of trickles out to the artists themselves. Have you had any conversations with artists and have you spoken with uh, Chris Silva since this pandemic started? Yes, we did extensive coverage of the impact. You know, everything's being impacted across right. the board, life in general, but I zeroed in on the arts in particular with several articles and the, you know, the impact is devastating, just like it's devastating for uh, everyone. Just look at the unemployment numbers, just, uh, you know, just look at consumer spending. It's, um, it's awful. And I spoke with Chris Silva, the Bardavon executive director uh, throughout 2020 about the financial impact of the pandemic. And it's, it's terrible. I've spoken to plenty of musicians. And, uh, you know, one thing um, that really this crisis has shown a light is these, uh, there are even venues smaller than the Bardavon, uh, 
you know, this is where bands get their breaks. This is where bands, you know, pack the hall. Um, you know, you might even compare it to a, a farm team for a major league baseball team, these tiny little bars, uh, mm -hmm. you know, the police, look at the police. They played the chance to four people in 1978. Um, and, you know, look what they went on to become. You need the, the, the places smaller than the Bardavan you need. The Bardavan, yes, we, we need them for our headliners, but local musicians, Lara Hope and the Arctones, um, the Compact, you know, they would get opening gigs at the Bardavan right. and UPAC for these huge uh, major headliners. That's a big deal for a local band. You never know who is in the audience. You might sell three times as many CDs that night or T-shirts. So the Bardavon and UPEC on that level, you know, provided an invaluable service to local musicians. I mean, uh, so the, uh, it's just, it's, it's almost hard to quantify that. The, the broad impact, you, you know, we talk about this pandemic and it can be kind of abstract, but you zero in on a, on a place like the Bardavon and what it means, you know, just to have people on a Saturday night to come into downtown Poughkeepsie, spend some money on dinner, fill up your gas tank. Hey, maybe get a, a room at the Poughkeepsie Grand if you're from out of town. Get a babysitter. A, get a babysitter. A babysitter. Mm -hmm. That's a great example. And in one of my last conversations with Chris, he was telling me that um, beyond the price of a ticket, that he estimated the Bardavon, Bardavon audiences pre-pandemic generated nearly $3 million in additional spending annually. That's beyond the ticket they buy. That, that is a lot of money. That's a big chunk of money. One of the things that Chris had told me when we were talking about Aretha Franklin was that in her contract, she had hotel rooms, you know, for five nights built in at the Grand so right there, you've got, you know, a huge economic impact. Artists, you know, who come and they, as you said, they come and they stay for a couple of nights. And, you know, it's the food that they require and the transportation and the, you know, there's just so many things that are included in that package. So it is, a, it's, it's been a, a heartbreaking situation. I mean, they've had to cancel their gala twice with um, um, uh, Audrey McDonald. You know, and we're hoping that it, it happens, you know, in the fall of 2021. So it's really, I mean, that in itself is a huge monetary generator for the Bardavon that they haven't had. And I'll even take it one step further. I've had, you know, officials tell me that a company large or small is thinking about relocating to Dutchess County. And when they hear there's a place like a Bardavon where... All right, they, so they relocate to Duchess. Now they have, uh, they're hiring employees who are maybe moving into Duchess. They can tell their employees, oh, and there's this place, the Bardavon up the road, and Carlos Santana played their gala right. last night. Right, year. yeah. That's a, that's, a big, that's a big plus for a business and county economic development that has so little to do with the actual performance of the night. It's just the, the ripple effect of the economy and you know, up here, I live in Kingston and, you know, you have Midtown Kingston, uh, you drive down Broadway and, you know, some parts of Midtown Kingston are in better shape than other parts, but it's got to be from six or seven blocks away. And you see those columns of the UPAC, there's like an overhang out in front of UPAC and you see the columns and you see these huge banners 
of who's coming up next for the performance. And UPAC in Kingston is, I mean, it's an anchor. Uh, there's a brand new huge building that just uh, got built behind UPAC. If you want to try to tell me that UPAC had nothing to do with that building going there, then I've got a bridge to sell you because UPAC definitely played a role in that. I mean, Kingston is go undergoing a major change because of the pandemic. You have all these people moving up from New York City. Right, uh, right. Pre-pandemic, there were coffee shops and breweries and distilleries uh, in Ulster County. And I guarantee you the, the role that UPAC and the Bardavan and that team played in, in um, the economic uh, impact the, the economic growth of Ulster County. It, it's just, there's no denying it. And people through no fault of their own, it gets lost, but we need to remind them now because right now is when the Bardavan and UPAC need us the most. So go buy a membership, renew a membership, donate those tickets back, like their Facebook page, watch these these wonderful album tributes that Chris and Steve LaMarca have been putting together. I mean, these things have been great. Send them 10 bucks, send them a hundred bucks. Yeah. We need the Bardem and UPAC back because we want to all want to go see live music again, but we need them back because we need our communities to survive this and to weather this and to keep uh, employees employed here. And, um, you know, Thank you, Bardavon and UPAC, for all you've done for us. Now it's our time to to be there for you. You know, they're also doing a, a T-shirt drive. I don't know if you're aware of that, where people can go for the first time ever. You can buy a T-shirt that has the Bardavon on it as a Bardavon supporter. So you can go to their website and you can order T-shirts. When I was last on that site, it showed that They've, they've earmarked 500. Their goal is to sell 500 T-shirts, and they've sold 300. So Pete, that's something that people can definitely do. I forget how much they are, but it's not obviously totally outrageous, and the money goes to a good cause. And, you know, one yeah, thing that you also mentioned, John, was this, there's a huge educational component. Aside from the economic component, there's an educational component to the Bardavon. Not only do they bring school kids in, but they help send artists out into the schools to help educate the kids in the classroom. So, I mean, that's also something that's that's missing. It's missing because the schools are closed and it's missing because the Bardavan's, you know, not operating at this time. Yeah, I can't tell you how many times I would uh, cross the Mid-Hudson Bridge from Ulster and I'd, I'd head up the arterial and I'd make that left at the armory onto Market Street and there's all these school buses lined right. up because the Bardavan would be hosting students for some type of program and you'd see a couple of Poughkeepsie cops out there uh, waving you know handling traffic and there's the marquee you know blinking in lights and these kids being led by their teachers and I just couldn't help but think of those these kids who maybe never saw a marquee before seeing those lights blinking and I'm sure I know that you get that one kid at the right age and they go in there and they see whatever artistic program or they laugh at jokes with 1,500 other kids. And then that sets them on the path. And 20 years later, they're an artist themselves or they're a musician themselves. But, you know, the Bardavan got them right at that right moment and exposed them to art. And maybe, hey, they live, you know, they're living in a city. Maybe they won't make it to the Bardavan until they're in their teens or something. I mean, that, you're talking about life-changing events here that the Bardavan was at the heart of, 
to get that one kid at the right moment on the right day and boom, you change their lives. Uh, we've been to a couple of the, uh, the, our podcast has been to a couple of the educational um, programs. One was the Nutcracker. And just to see the look on the kids' faces when they were attending probably a ballet for the first time in their lives was absolutely incredible. And then we also, there was a, a jazz group that's out of the city, and they came up. I forget the name of the group. And what they did was they worked with the local, I think it was Arlington High School. So they had a core of their musicians. And what they did ahead of time was they went out to Arlington. They said to the kids, okay, these are the jazz pieces we're going to play. And they actually brought the kids on the stage, and they were their backup band. I mean, it was an absolutely amazing experience for those students and for their friends and for the parents who were in the audience. And, you know, there's another program that they've had at the Bardavon, which is through um, uh, the Mill Street Loft. They have a, a student um, art film festival at the Bardavon every year. And that's something that they haven't been able to do. They've had to take it virtually online. So, I mean, there's so many contributions to the education of our community that, unfortunately, the Bardavon hasn't been able to do because of the pandemic. So it's... And the importance of the... The importance of the arts for young people cannot be overstated because the arts, painting, music, theater, you know, it, it really prompts critical thinking. It prompts problem solving. It, it, uh, it certainly, it gives young people and kids and teenagers a chance to kind of step up and uh, say, hey, I'm pretty good at this and give themselves confidence and give them that motivation to swing for the fences that maybe they wouldn't have. You know, it just gets me back to this thing of, you know, the Bardemont isn't some place where someone throws on the lights and they open the stage door for the tour bus to come in and everyone goes in and sees a show and then everyone goes back to their lives. You know, like your example, they, they, they're out there in the audience, they're proactive, you know, they're shaping this community and, I'll say it a million times, you know, they've been there for us and now it's our time to be there for them. Mm -hmm. And talk about the Nutcracker, um, ballet was just never my thing, uh, you know, <laughs> like rock music. Um, John, I'm looking, certainly... looking at you, John, I could not, I, you know, I, I could see you on stage. I could With the tutu, on... right? <laughs> I... I'm, I'm a rock music guy and, um, you know, I've, I've, always have been intrigued by ballet and uh, living in uptown Kingston. One thing I was doing for a while, which, Hey, here's UPAC and the Bardavon getting me to get some exercise. I would walk, I think it's a mile, a mile and change to UPAC. So a couple of winters back, uh, the nut, they were doing their nutcracker. I forget which, uh, group, but I had a free Friday night and I walked down to UPAC and I saw my first nutcracker, the fully staged, uh, ballet and it just blew me away and being I think older and not a teenager who is you know more into rock music I got it I really understood it and I got it and just appreciating the sets that were painted and you know the I don't know if there were dozens of performers but there were a lot of performers and the set changes and the costume changes and you know what this means to me uh, in terms of Christmas and the holidays so you know, here's me, uh, late 40s, getting my mind blown by UPAC and the Vardavan by the Nutcracker. So I can't even imagine what it's like for a first or second or third grader. I mean, life changing. 
Well, one of the, uh, expanding beyond the Bardavan, you've also covered, I mean, everything from Woodstock 40 to Woodstock to, um, we recently had an HBO series that was that was taking place here in Poughkeepsie. You want to tell us a little bit about that and your experience with HBO? Sure. Uh, that was I Know This Much Is True, starring Mark Ruffalo. It was Which has been nominated for some Emmys, right? Or did he win an Emmy for he that? He won, he won an, an Emmy. Emmy for best actor. He played yep. twin brothers. Um, and they set up shop in Poughkeepsie. They were here for about a year. And this is another example of how the arts shape the economy. This is another example of why the arts, why the Bardavan is so important to our lives and our wallets and our, our pocketbooks and our taxes and everything. Because that production set up for a year. You know, these things are usually weeks, maybe months. That was a year. They employed more than 2,000 extras. And I think they spent... Uh, I'd have to look it up, but I think it was 15 or $16 million mm. in Duchess, I think it was Duchess Orange and Ulster. And, um, you know, it was just another extraordinary example of, of how the arts uh, does its thing. And, you know, you'd be driving, we got calls in the newsroom all the time. Hey, there, Mark Ruffalo's filming at such and such a spot, you know, because they kept it pretty hush-hush. Right. I remember walking down Main Street and there was a big lighting rig and a whole team of people and um, and watching that uh, I got, you know, I, I developed a nice relationship with the, the press office at HBO and they were kind enough to send me all the episodes early. So I got to watch them before it was, uh, you know, put on TV mm. so I could write about it and tell everyone, hey, here's what you can expect. And, you know, the opening scene, they have a shot of the Poughkeepsie Journal in it, and it's from the walkway. <laughs> and, you know, there is, um, you know, uh, a Wasting Falls at Minnewaska State Park, where I've been going to for 30 years. And there's the uh, Arthur S. May School. And, um, you know, the list goes on and on and on. And that you know, we did a whole story on just the Dutchess County landmarks that were in that series. And now you're talking about some civic pride and a little chest thumping and being proud of where we live, which, you know, we have moments of being proud of where we live and we don't have moments of being proud of where we live. But that, when that series came out, that was a big moment to be proud of living in Dutchess County in the Hudson Valley because the people from HBO came here and said, we're going to showcase this around the world. You know, I confirmed that HBO had however many subscribers globally. So that went out around the world. And it, the big thing is it, it's a reminder of, you know, why the arts are so important, whether it's the Bardavan, whether it's HBO. You know, this is some serious money. And it's not serious money that Mark Ruffalo is putting in his pocket. You know, that production... I know employed caterers, carpenters, electricians, hairdressers, people who needed to be available at the drop of a hat. I know the Duchess uh, tourism folks play a pivotal role in that. The Hudson Valley Film Commission, uh, County Executive Molinero's office, uh, all the, you know, you, you go to film in some town, you have to contact the, the town office and the supervisor or the mayor. 
and you know the bottom line is that this makes a lot of money for communities and it's all about the arts and you know it's a reminder why we need to hold the arts in high regard why we need to hold the bardavan in high regard especially when these places are dark like they are right now. right right well i mean we do live in a in an area also that is in close enough proximity to new york city where we can get the great acts in the Bardavan, we can get, you know, the productions, uh, the movie productions that don't want to be involved with the unions in the city. We also have um, a Mary Stuart Masterson's nonprofit training people in the, the movie industry and post-production facilities up in Kingston. So, I mean, you see our area really supportive of the arts. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up Mary Stuart Masterson. Um because when I was putting my list together earlier, she took part in a wonderful production uh, called Scary Stories that Jeffrey Dean Morgan and Hillary Burton, uh, who live in Dutchess County, Jeffrey Dean Morgan is on The Walking Dead. They're co-owners of Samuel's Sweet Shop and Rhinebeck with Paul Rudd. All of them, Mary Stuart Masterson, they did this show at UPAC uh, to raise money for Aster. Right. Um, and it was a couple of winners back. But A, this is another example of, you know, Bar the Bardavan and UPAC opening their doors for a benefit. You know, right. they're not going to be breaking the bank tonight, but their staff is on. They open the doors. They're paying for the heat. Um, so Mary Stewart Masterson was in on that, but also her stockade works. Go ahead, John. Her stockade works organization in my hometown of Kingston, you're right, goes, is really going the extra mile to train people. They had a whole program where they were training people to work specifically on the Mark Ruffalo project. They had a partnership with HBO. And I know they have focus, I'm pretty sure they have a focus on women and minorities and military veterans. And they, you know, Mary Stuart Masterson, who is a Dutchess County resident, right? is just going the extra mile and you're right it's a, it's a great example the proximity to new york city uh the beautiful geography which i have been told over and over is so conducive to filming hey you need a, an industrial site we got it you need the catskill mountains we got it you need a river a bridge you know what do you need because you're probably going to find it here in the hudson valley not to mention you know you have paul rudd living in dutchess county um I'm sure he'd be very glad to be filming something in Ulster County or in Northern Dutchess County. You know, it just, I think goes without saying that if you have a celebrity living here, they're definitely going to want to work here instead of having to travel across the country and be apart from their family. So it all, it's all plays into the equation. And it just amazes me. Once again, the Bardavon and UPAC are at the center of it all. What changes have you seen in the music scene from 2002 up until, you know, up until recently. Any trends? Do you have a couple of dates? <laughs> Give me <laughs> yes, the top three. Many, many, many <laughs> trends. Um, I would say the one of the most dramatic ones is, um, you know, when I started in uh, 2002 at the Journal, it was kind of, you you still had musicians and bands going to recording studios to make records, you know, all whatever the famous ones uh, are around the country. But, 
you know, and my timing could be off from as a non-musician, it seemed that that was kind of the starting period of, of, well, I just need a laptop and I need some good microphones and I need some good instruments and I may, you know, need, I need to really study up on this or I need to know someone who really knows it. And then boom, I have a recording studio in my living room or in my home office. And that was really a game changer because now during the pandemic, you're, what you're seeing is um, major stars um, you know, taking advantage. It's, it's a whole new model. It's, it's just, the, it's like publishing books or making records or whatever. Um, people are doing it themselves, which changes the economic aspect of it. It changes the cultural aspect of it. That's the big thing. And uh, one other change, I guess I could say, um, you know, uh, I don't really know if it's a change, but I would have to say that uh, the more I got to know the Hudson Valley music audience, the more it overwhelmed me in terms of uh, dedication and loyalty and this bond they have with their local performers, whether it's a huge star like Donald Fagan of Steely Dan playing at the Falcon in Marlboro or whatever. But my big takeaway from 18 and a half years in Poughkeepsie was the strong bond before, between performers and audience, whether it's the Bardavon, UPAC, Daryl's House, the Town Crier, Colony Woodstock, the Bearsville Theater, uh, the Falcon in Marlboro, you know, Asbury Park, you got Bruce Springsteen and L.A., you had the Beach Boys. But I would argue the Hudson Valley stands among them all. That's definitely true. That's definitely true. You know, I've been following you on Facebook and you are one of the most prolific posters I have ever seen. <laughs> Sometimes to my detriment. Yeah, and I wanted to point out that, you know, one of the things that you just mentioned about local artists was that you recently posted uh, uh, music by some friends of mine, Danny Lewis and Michonne Taylor, and their new uh, video burned down Babylon. And I mean, that's an example of, of artists who have created everything themselves and are self-contained. And, you know, you're, you're helping them get it out there. Maybe you could talk a little bit about that. Yeah, I'm no longer with the journal, but I still love music and I still love writing about it and I still love sharing it. And I still love our Hudson Valley musicians. So, hey, you have a new song, you're doing a live stream tonight. I'm going to share that because I'm going to turn someone else on to this. And Danny and Machan, you know, they co-produced that. They co-wrote it. They filmed part of that video at Hutton Brickyards in Kingston. So they celebrated our local history and, and our local industri industrial past. And, you know, these are people Machan sang with Sting and Pink Floyd. And Danny, of course, tours the world with Government Mule. But there are Hudson Valley neighbors and they're a perfect example of what we all love about the Hudson Valley so much. And that's the people who make the music. And Danny and Machan, you could not find a better shining example of that. Well, John, this has been a really great conversation. And I'm so glad that you were able to join us today. Any last words other than for people to support the Bardavon? One last pitch, maybe? <laughs> yeah, stay safe, stay smart, support the Bardavon. And I'll just I'll say it a thousand times. The Bardavon has been there for us. Right now, we need to be there for the Bardavon. Great. Thank you so much, John. And you stay you, happy, John. healthy. Happy 2021. Congratulations on your, your, your nuptials. And uh, we hope to see you when things open up again. Thank you. And thank you for having me. I had a lot of fun. 
Okay, John, before we forget, if people want to follow you on Facebook, what's your handle? Facebook.com slash John William Barry. Great. Thanks again, John. Thank you. Thanks again to John Barry and the Bardavon 1869 Opera House for supporting our Backstage with the Bardavon podcast. Backstage with the Bardavon is produced by Patrick Watson and Jody Melman. Sound engineering and editing is by Ben Harris. If you're enjoying this podcast, please review it on iTunes and don't forget to follow us on Facebook at Backstage with the Bardavon. Thanks again for listening and see you next time Backstage with the Bardavon.